0: Okay, everybody. Let's say, uh let's begin. There is a action-packed shear tonight in his play to this. First of all, welcome Tony. Welcome Ellie. Good to see you. <laughs> Good to see you, Dan. I, uh, okay, now we'll jump right in. Oh, we have an action-packed shear tonight, continuing in his play to this. I wanted to give a little bit of introduction to what we're going to learn. Hey, Yemen. And a uh, also we'll jump right in. It's a little bit more of a technical piece. You know how the Lakutimaran has these really technical pieces, so this is one of them. But it shouldn't be highly difficult. And if we don't finish it this week, we'll finish it next week. It's a shame to rush through it, but also I wanna I wanna get cracking. In fact, I was thinking there's so much. There's so much to talk about in this, this is There's actually an entire Breslov sefer called the Shtapchus HaNefesh, which is a full sefer, as you see over here. And it's all the pieces in L'Kutim Aran and Kisvei Breslov that speak about personal prayer. It was originally translated by Aryeh Kaplan, Outpouring of the Soul, but so there's, there's certainly what to talk about. Also, I wanted to begin tonight with a little bit about Rabbi Nachman's life. Because uh, today was Rosh Chaydish Nisan, Rabbi Nachman's birthday, and it's only fitting to talk about the Tzaddik on his birthday. So I wanted to begin a little bit with some of the things about himself and how, wor- how hard he worked in the area of Tvila and Hispoydidus. So I'm going to be reading uh, the shears, for those of you that are new, the shear's supposed to be an inside shear. So I'm going to do some reading inside, and then we're going to go to the Lukutim Aran. So I'm reading here from Shekvei Haran. Uh, in the first part of Sheikh Haran, it talks about Rabbi Nachman's early childhood. So I'm reading letter Yud Aleph. And there were so many times that he spoke to Hashem words and requests from his heart. And it appeared, through his words, amazing reasoning and excuses, and amazing prayers. And he saw that it was very good. And what he would do was, he would write them down. He kind of made his own book of tefillas. this way he'd remember them afterwards. And this is something he would do. He would speak between himself and the Creator a lot, a lot. And all his tefilahs, the main focal point of all his tefilahs, is that Hashem should draw him close. So you see that he would write down his own tfilas and how much he worked in the area of tvila. I'm reading one more over here. The al Pikain, Haya Nidmilo Tumid this is Osiod bays the next letter. The Af al Pikain, Hayah Nidbilotumid Sha'in Mistoklinalov klal. The ain't Shomin lo klal. But even though he would constantly david and do his play to this, it would appear to him uh it would appear to him that Hashem didn't listen to his pr- prayers. right? In fact, not only did it appear to Rabbi Nachman that Hashem wasn't Hashem didn't listen to his Tfilah, but it even the inverse, the negative, it appeared to him that Hashem was constantly trying to distance, him, distance himself from serving God and pushing him away. Kilu Ain wrote Symbol, it looked to Rabbi Nachman as if Hashem didn't want him at all. Because he saw with his own eyes that as time passed, many days and years, he still was very far from God. And he felt that he did not come close at all. Right? This is a wild thing, right? He's saying that Rabbi Nachman, who died in his late 30s, was saying that he would try so much, he'd feel not only did Hashem not listen to him, but Hashem would push him away, and that after all his tefillahs, and we've learned about his early childhood, uh, prior to this as well, he still felt God pushed him away. of <speaking in Hebrew> And he felt what we all feel is that Hashem does not listen to the Tvilas, and therefore, there's no point in daviding. And it looked that Hashem was not only not listening to him, but Hashem was pushing him away. But yet, nevertheless, he stood his ground, and he constantly, constantly tried, uh, and he wouldn't leave his ground. And there's so many times where in his mind he wanted to give up. Right, that's something we learned about in the Kudus Tovas about how all the falling happens in your mind's eye. Because he kept seeing how much he would kept supplicating and asking Hashem to draw him close. And Hashem wasn't listening to him and looking towards him at all. But nevertheless, oh, uh, and because of this, there are many times where he couldn't find himself at all to speak in front of God and he would skip days of davening between himself and the Creator and afterwards he would he was he would he would remember he'd be embarrassed that how can I go against the way of God and be my on his midos because of course Hashem is merciful and compassionate who wrote and of course Hashem wants to draw him close. And he went and returned, and he strengthened his mind with conviction. And he continued to return to ask God, of And to speak to God in the way that we're mentioning. And this is something that he would do many, many times. So you see how hard Rabbi Nachman struggled in the world of Tila, that he would daven and daven and daven, and he feel that Hashem was pushing away. And I think this is one of the reasons that makes these types of lessons in Torah so big. Because Rabbi Nachman wrote this over 200 years ago. And this is something that we all feel like. You know, they had this like Yom Ta'aka for the Corona. And it's an incredible thing. Uh, you know, I said the Tehillim that they said to say. And the Avinu Malkenus and everything. But always when it comes to the conversation of Mashiach and Tvila, I feel like, and I'm certainly included in this, that... We're already protecting ourselves for the letdown of our tefillos not being answered, because we think, oh, after all the tefillos, after all the tzaras, that is are oh, really, I'm going to get together with people in my own house, or even if they're uniting at the same time, and, uh, and Hashem's really going to listen to my tfilas, it's really going to make a difference. So as everyone is talking about Mashiach, we're already padding ourselves for the fallout of feeling that our tfilas aren't going to be answered. And this is something that the Rebbe gives a uh, validation to uh, and something that he experienced in his own personal life as we just learned how much did he strengthen himself and how much did he try in this arena only to feel that Hashem was pushing him away and that Hashem wasn't listening to him, and so much so where he would actually give up on tefillah only to be remember to, to strengthen himself in his mind and to remember that really Hashem is Hashem right? Karav That Hashem is closed to anyone who calls out with him in truth. And with this, he was able to strengthen himself over and over again in order to increase his personal prayer, in order to increase his quarantine, his spidus, and his social distancing <laughs> and his social distancing. Incredible stuff? What do, what does someone have to say? Tani's making fun of me. Ellie, what do you have to say? Good stuff. Incredible, right? So tonight. Who's that, Benjamin? Yep. Nice Benjamin. So a uh tonight we're gonna we're gonna learn a little bit of a more of a complicated lesson. I don't know if we're gonna finish it tonight. We might just get through the first half that seemingly doesn't have to do with his his play to this. But it sets the stage for the part that follows. I don't really want to rush through it like crazy, but it would be nice if we could finish it. But I don't know. So we'll give it a shot. And if not, we'll definitely finish it next, next week. We're going to do in Lukutemaran Torah Nun lesson 52. Uh, uh, our mom, are, are you throwing up your hands that you want to, you're looking for a text? Is that what's going on? No, cause I could WhatsApp it. I could put it on the if someone could post it on the WhatsApp group. Tani, you could take a picture. Lesson fifty-two. It's called Hanayor Balaila. Nunbees. Oh, you, you just posted a link in the chat. Okay. Awesome. Cool. Let me double check it over here. Uh, for some reason, I don't see it in the, I don't see it in the chat. But I'll, I'll take a picture of it and I could just post it on the chat just like that. Yes, yes, Rabbi uh, ben. Yep. Perfect. Okay. I put it on the uh on the shear group. I just I posted. Okay. Let's jump let's jump right in. It's gonna start uh, let me get let me just give a quick summary of what it's the main points. The quick uh, outline as Rabbi Lieblitz and his Dafiyomi shear, he gives this outline, it makes it makes all the difference. So a uh, an outline over here is basically Rabbi Nachman's going to articulate how He's going to expound upon the incredibly high levels a person could have reached and accomplished through personal prayer. He first begins by showing how the entire world, reality as we know it, it truly exists only because of Nishma shisro. But when we humble ourselves with Bitl through personal prayer, we give validation for the entire reason why Hashem created the world, so to speak. He's going to say that there is a... that... The whole world was really created for Am Yisro, And therefore, when we humble ourselves in personal prayer, uh, it, it gives the world a certain level of permanence. It gives a certain level. Oh, we're going we're gonna, to um, just foreshadowing. We're going to see exactly what he says. But when we humble ourselves to Hashem in personal prayer, so that somehow gives validation to the entire reason and tachlis of creation. And this is something that is really comes from the... Skula, the amazing powerness of Nishmas Yisrael, the Jewish soul. So hopefully we'll. A lot of it's it's obviously Kabbalah. This is rooted in Kabbalah, like all the Rebbe's Torahs. But the things that are a little bit technical and more esoteric, I don't want to get I don't want to get bogged down on. And you could spend your entire life just learning this small little Torah over here. As like as like we saw in Nikudas Tovus also, and all these things, you could you could spend much much, much time articulating and expounding on it. So first he's going to start with a quote from Pirkei Avos, something that we all know. And by the end, like the derech of Lulkutim Aran is, by the end he's going to plug everything he said back into these words. It's actually going to fit so beautifully, but I don't know if we're going to get to it this week. So let's begin. Rabbi Hanina ben Chachinai Omer. Rabbi Hanina ben Chachinai says, balayla, A person who stays up at night, hamahalech and a person goes walking on an isolated path, um, and he turns his heart to bitol, to nourishkite, It means it in a negative sense. This person's soul is considered guilty. So, what the Mishnah depicts is an insane person who's up all night stammering, and that's actually the Pashup Shad of the Mishnah, stammering, walking at night uh, by themselves, and they're just being mavata their time. So, they are, what he says, machayiv nasho. Their souls are considered guilty. Now let's put this on the back burner, and then we're going to come back to it. In the end, he's going to he's going to flip this on his head. It's incredible. It's awesome. Okay. Now we're jumping in. There are there are apikorsim. Hold on. Okay. There are apikorsim. There are heretics that say the world is mechuliy the world is uh, a necessary reality, which means I'm just going to explain this term because it's going to come up a lot. That mechuliyot Messius means it's actually a uh, what Aristotle would call is the first. What Aristotle would call is the first cause, which means it's means It's مخليف, It has to be mitsiys in existence. That the world always was, the world always will be. Matter created itself. There was, this is in direct contrast to uh, creation ex nihilo, yesh me ayin, that we, we know the Torah opens up, right? Berei bara el esa shabai It's no sophistications, no complications. It just says right away there was a creation, yesh me ayin. Hashem created something from nothing. The world was ayin, and Hashem created yesh me ayin. So we know there was an uh, existing point. There was a point when matter started. So what we're going to see—that's going to be called efshari metsiys—that it's it's a contingent reality, not a not a uh, necessary necessary reality. These terms will come clear as we learn, and these ideas are going to come clear as we learn. So this, so again, we have mechuliyah metsiys, which basically means that the world always was in existence, right? And it always was, will be. Right, And the implications of this is that God doesn't intercede with the world. There was no creation, yesh me'ayin, something from nothing. It always, the, this was the first cause of existence and it always will be. Okay, So Rabbi Nachman right away, he, first of all, he hated Api but he wanted to bring them to atikan It's for another time, we'll talk about that, how he moved to Uman in order to bring, he befriended a lot of the main Api Korsum at that time, uh start, some of the heads of the Ascala movement who actually wanted to bring to Chuva. But that's for another time. Uh Kiyesh Api Korshim There are uh heretics that say, Sha'olam Hu Muchuyat Mitsyas, the world was always in existence. Ulafi Daitum, Harah Meshubeshis Nid Belahem, and according to their minds, that's totally messed up. Sheyesh Alzet Rayos Umoftim Chasvash they have even proofs and examples for this, Chasvashalam. olam from how the world seems to work. But the truth is, the, even the breath that comes out of their mouth is nonsense. The truth is, the world is totally, uh, how, what did I say that word means? It's totally a, uh, which means it's a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Contingent reality means there was a creation yeshmi ayin, and Hashem doesn't have, didn't have to create the world, and Hashem could have, do- could do anything with the world that He wants at any time He sees fit. Right? This is, this is one of the principles of our faith that Hashem keeps the world going. Right? That Hashem could do anything that He wants, and the world is totally dependent on Hashem and not the other way around. And this has all become clear as we learn. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the truth is, the world is really a contingent reality. It doesn't have to be. <laughs> only, only God is necessary reality. <laughs> but all the worlds and everything that exists, that's only Efshar <laughs> It doesn't have to be. Because <laughs> Hashem <laughs> created them something from nothing. And it's within Hashem's capabilities to create them or not to create them. Therefore, of course, it has to be that the entire world is ef The entire world is dependent on Hashem. If Hashem doesn't want to create it. Hashem doesn't have to create it. It's not a fact. It's not something that, that has to be. Now, he's going to ask a question. However, where does the possibility for, where does it come from that a person's actually able to make a mistake? Now, we know that the whole world is Esher Metzius. Everything depends on God. So where does even the possibility for a mistake come from that a person is able to err? and think that the world is not dependent on God, and always was and needed to exist. Yeah, you should know. Right, this is, this is, a, this is an important point here, because Rabbi Nachman is going to introduce that all elements and things in this world actually get elevated in a way... Okay, we'll get to it, I don't want to jump the gun over here. But this, this is an important point over here, we're going to come back to this. So everyone's, everyone's with me so far? Guys are with me, okay? Da Now he's going to answer the question. Da ata The reason for this is because now. Hold on. I've got something coming up on my computer over here. Okay. The reason for this is because now that the Jewish soul was hewn, it was ne'etzal, it was, uh, this is like from the word atzilas, means it was refracted. Now that the Jewish soul was, was refracted, atabavada ha'olam hu of m'chuyiv m'tzias. So once the Jewish soul was refracted from Hashem's light, that's when the world became necessary. That's when the world became of m'tzias. This is going to become clear. Ki kola olamulo kola lonivra yisrael because the entire world and everything that fills it was only created for the Jews yisrael right this is berachius beshvil yisrael shenik why was the world created for Amisra? Kiyadua, yadua, like it's known be yisrael muslim and am yisrael we rule in the world we rule the alkain bevadai atal and therefore for sure now Now, it was refracted and created, the Jewish soul. Now that the Jewish soul was created, Hashem is forced in order to keep the world in existence. Okay? So, Hashem created the whole purpose for the world was for Am Yisrael, right? Right? So, once Hashem created the Jewish soul, that was the reason, that gave validation for Hashem creating the world. It's kind of, this is what we say, Right? A person wants, it was first in thought, it was last in action, right? A person wants to build a house. So, what do they do? They sit with the architect, they make blueprints... They design every room, they pick out the pink colors, they furnish it, they labor over the plans, they figure out what they want. And only after months and months of planning and years of building, then does the person inhabit the house. Right? It's last in action, it's first in thought. It's so So too when Hashem wanted to create the world, Hashem, the original desire was for nishmas yisro. Yisro b'chaz Payer. Hashem glorify my, Hashem says, I glorify myself, glorify myself in you. Right? Before the Jewish people that are called my first. Right? My first what? They were first in thought. Right? Because once Hashem created the Jewish nation, that gave validation to the creation. And this is going to come clear how he answers this question. Right? So first the world is Efsher It doesn't have to be. Right? So how can you think that it needs to be? Because really there is a certain aspect of it needing to be. What does it need to be? Now that the Jewish soul was created, that supersedes the entire creation and gives validation to every single thing, the entire reason why Hashem created the world. So now the world has to exist. (laughs) Right? Once the Jewish soul was refracted from God's light, the world has to exist. Ki al- (inaudible) because <inaudible> this is why Hashem a, uh, refracted the Jewish soul <inaudible> in order to create all the worlds for them <inaudible> but the Jewish soul itself <inaudible> when it was refracted from all the light and all the worlds that it was yun from everything up until that point was Efshir <inaudible> Metzias. It wasn't essential. It didn't have to be. Up until that point, God could have done whatever he wants, so to speak. But immediately when Hashem desired to create nishmash yisro, then the entire world became necessary existence. Because after the world, the Jewish soul was refracted. So now Hashem is forced, so to speak, to sustain the world once the Jewish soul was created. That's why Hashem created the world for the Jewish soul. That all the worlds, the entire physical world and spiritual edifices, mind you, were created for the Jewish soul. The heim yim bako, that the Jews should rule over it. The havin haytiv, and understand this well, right? This is a classic question that, that it's similar that what gets asked on uh, by the days of creation. Maybe a person, the maral asks, this is a classic question that maybe a person could say that Admarishan was the lowest of creation. Why? Because he was created last. If you like something the most, you create it first, right? You don't create it last. So maybe Adam was the lowest of creation, right? So the answer is, all of explain what we're explaining now. Now, no, the entire world was created for man. So he was the most important. Was So all the worlds and everything was created for Nishmas Yisroh. So that gives validation to the prior days of creation of earth, right? Because that gave validation and superseded everything. So once the Jewish shul was created, that gave... The world became a chui of mitziyas. And this answers up where it comes from this uh, mistake that the heretics make. Sha'a Olam Hu, chas v'shalom, that the... Sha'a Olam Hu, chas v'shalom uchui that they say the world was always Mukhliiv Metsias. Right? Of Aba MS. But in truth, Rak Hashem Yisubarak Labadu Mukhliiv Metsias. Of Varmheim Epshur Metsias The truth is, only Hashem is Mukhliiv Metsias. Right? So he's mefabbling back and forth. Only Hashem is Mukhliiv Metsias. And this is. But once the Jewish soul was and the world is Efshim, Hashem could do whatever he wants with the world. But once the Jewish soul was created, that put into the creation, validation for the creation, and now it seems as if the world is mechid mitzius, and that's where the heretics, the apikursim, get their, draw their very fine mistake uh, that they made. We'll go back there, yeah? We didn't even get to this this yet, how this all ties in. <laughs> Yeah, you want to ask a question? Go for it. Yes, it's exact. Yeah. (laughs) So... So, so in, in, in looking this up, actually, actually came across the Rambam in the Yad, in the Mitzvah of Amunah, where he discussed this, and actually, the Rambam doesn't actually say it explicitly, it's actually, the Rambam says, like, you know, he gives, like, one of these one-liners, but all the meforshim learned this out, uh, from there, this idea that the world is, uh, that Hashem is Mekhul of and that the world itself it's Ephraim yes. Now, how to be Miyat. So I actually saw some of them before she looked, around, explaining this. I'll the Rambam. So either you could say at this point, well, no, he disagrees, or because he doesn't say it, or obviously this would be a deeper explanation of a uh, how the articulation of how it works. Right there. Good question, Dan. Good question. Uh, the Iker. And the main reason Hashem created, the main intent in creating the world was for Yisrael. that we should do Hashem's will. She that Kla Yisrael should return and connect to their roots. The that they should return and become incorporated into God. That is necessary existence. And because of this, Hashem created everything. It comes out that all the time when the Jews do the will of God, they become now incorporated in their root, which is which is God. We'll explain this. This is going to come clear. <laughs> but through this it supersedes. it through through absorbing themselves into god the entire world now gets absorbed into god and the world itself becomes in a certain aspect A chiyuv becomes necessary, which means, as we're saying, the Jewish soul, which was the purpose and pinnacle of creation, it superseded everything, and therefore, when they do the rutzon of God, which is what God wants, it elevates and brings up and gives validation that the entire world becomes bato, so to speak, to Hashem. It gives it, it gives it a It gives it a necessary reality. Because now the whole reason why God created the world is now coming to fruition. And this is why Hashem keeps the world running for Am Yisro. So that we should do His will therefore, therefore specifically the more we do God's will, the will becomes more necessary. Right? Because every. The more we do God's will, we get more absorbed and incorporated into all the worlds, and it all becomes necessary. Through doing the will of God. So, through doing, through simple, I love how he makes this so simple. Right? This is all very deep stuff, but basically, through doing the will of God, you now get, you elevate and bring the entire purpose of creation to what God wanted it for. So, because you're bringing out the purpose and the tachlis of creation, which is to do the will of God, to simply do the ratsan, it seems easier said than done, but to simply, simply or do the rutsun, so now, the entire world has uh, an essential reason for being, right? It gives, again, so if ma'asam it gives purpose to everything. What? I didn't hear you say that again? What do you mean? Well, it's not, he's not necessarily saying a uh, yin and yang type of thing, like an equilibrium, but he's going to go on to say, he's setting the stage now about his spotless to Hashem. and that's where his this is going to come in, that the whole purpose of creation is to be nullif, is to raise the creation or raising yourself in order to be to Hashem. that when the, when a person is mavatal themselves, Hashem that lifts up all the worlds and everything in existence and gives. Uh, validation to the creation itself right so it's not necessarily like a yin and yang type of thing but it's more of a a hispatlus, a a humility a nullification type of thing that the world but but we're learning also that how the nishnashri so the jewish person has the ability to do that so i kind of thinking I, i kind of think of like some sort of like vortex where everything gets like absorbed back into itself That's kind of like how I, I just imagine like that in my mind. Like you have the world and when a person does his body to this, when, as we're going to see through this, doing the will of God, doing the will of God, this act of his spotless. So it kind of like, like it absorbs, it lifts up the entire world and absorbs it back into Hashem. Yes. We we're, we're going to see how yes continue Hanaer balaila hamahalakh baderi khidi Yes that is 100% correct. Uh, we're going to see how Rabbi Nachman, how he opened in this Pirkei of us over here, how he's going to show how all these things were really good things. He's going to show how all these things are really good things. Although it's not the pushup shot of the Mishnah. It's not the simple meaning of the Mishnah. But leave it to the Hasidic masters to take things and flip them on the heads and take them out of context. <laughs> uh, now, I want to ask. I want to ask you guys. I, I guess we can move on to the next piece. I guess we can move on to the next piece. I'll read a little bit quicker. I don't want to. I don't want to keep people longer. But we still have some time. Is everyone interested? Everyone still interested? I know I'm reading a lot inside. Okay. Ach, Right. In order to merit to this. Okay. How? What? what? Okay. I'll try like this. Ah. Now, now you can only do the zebra Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> ah. Uh, okay, hold on. Is, is the volume okay? You can hear me okay on the volume? Okay. Ah. Ah. However, to merit, to be incorporated in the root, means the root of creation in order to return and be incorporated into the oneness of god who's necessary ze e f kim ali de the only way to do this is through bittoshivata you completely muvato yourself until you Get totally incorporated into the oneness of God, the E F Shar Lavoli Debito, and it's impossible. Okay, here's a kicker, very strong words, the E F Shar Lavoli Debito, and it is impossible to come to Bitto kiim only through Hespodedes. He doesn't say anything else. Now it's important what he doesn't say over here. He doesn't say learning Torah, which is good. You should learn. He doesn't say davening with a minion, which is good. We should all hope for that day we can daven with a minion. He doesn't say dancing in the street like an anach, even though that might be fun. Right? He says the only way to tra- come to true humility, to true bittu, is through personal prayer. Is through his b'ydides. Right? All the avos, avron tiken shachris, yitzchak tiken mincha, yaakov tiken Right? They all were shepherds. Seven shepherds. They were involved. And he spoke did this all day long, through articulating yourself between yourself and the Creator. Through this, you're able to merit in order to nullify all your your desires and your bad traits until your merit. To Mavato, your entire physicality and totally absorbed into your root, which is God. Now, this is an incredibly high level, right? To be such tefillah where, your Mavato, his like, pastus agashmias, like totally, they say Maisa of the Yed HaKadosh, parenthetically, they say Maisa of the Yed HaKadosh that uh, he would da- when he would daven, he would have to hold on to something physical when he davened. Because his neshama would want to leave his body, so he, but so he would have to hold on to a uh, to a physical object when he prayed, so his neshama wouldn't leave his body with such dvekus. So three times, what he was a holy he was a holy Jew. His, his name his name was where I, I actually come from the yid. My family comes from the yiddich kadosh. His name was Yaakov Yaakov Yitzchak. I, uh, he was a contemporary slash, he was like a, a, he, was a con, he was a contemporary slash Rebbe of the Chose of Lublin. And the entire Biala chain uh, comes from the Yer Kadosh. And uh, he was a big tzaddik, and they have all different sorts of meisim about him, but he, he comes from that time period of the Chose, and the uh, Kutsk. he doesn't come from Kotz, he was, he was before, he was like their, their Rebbe. Not really holding who the Yid was, but that's just from what I remember. Uh, okay. Uh, oh, so they say the story, three times a day he would daven. Pali chassidim, yeah. So, so to, so for the Misa, very good, very good. So for the Misa, I, uh, basically three times a day, he would say goodbye to his family before davening. He used to say, "Shmuli," I'm just making up names, I don't know, he goes, shmuli if, if I don't make it, please take care of Sarah, please take care of the kids, tell mommy I love her, you know, please, if things go wrong, you know. Please, I love you guys. You should know Hashem is with you. Make sure everyone takes care of. Everyone. He would do this three times a day, before every time he davened, and basically one time. Uh, so the family knew that this would go on, and they appointed one of the kids to be a showmare uh, of him. So this way, if he was reaching such high madregas of his spotless during tefillah, that he would just they would pull him back. So <clears throat> apparently one time, one of the kids wasn't paying attention. And it came time for Tachnan. And Tachnan, we know, is, uh, it's brought down in the Kisveiri and other places, the time of Dinam, a time of harsh Dinam, judgment. And they say one time that it came to Tachnan and the kid, like, had left the room for a minute and they heard a thud on the floor, like, thud. And that was it. And he left. Because he had such a... stop, his, uh, He had such a... Uh, he had such, you know leaving this world from his high levels of tefillah that no one was watching and became he Tachlan. He's like, woohoo, party! And his neshama was just nichlal in to Hashem Yisbarak at that point, and he left this world. <laughs> so we're talking about incredibly, incredibly high, I can't even pay attention during I halavai, so something like that. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Okay, we'll go back there. Ah, ah. The main time to do spite of this is at night. At the time when the world is free of things of this world. Because during the daytime when people are chasing after this world, It distracts and takes away from people from coming close to God. Even if you yourself are not so busy, right? Even if you yourself are not so busy, so then it causes people to run after this world, as uh, so that distraction is still left. I don't want to. I don't want to revite there because uh, Do we have, we have some time? Okay, we have, we have a little bit more time. Okay. Uh, the gam, The gam, So basically, during the daytime, and I find this with myself also, like when I try to display this during the day, even if you yourself are not so busy, there's so many distractions. I, I like, like there's this energy in the world, like this busy energy that's like out and about in the world, you know? And you do it during the day, it becomes very easily distracted. Even if you yourself are not busy, there's like this distraction energy in the world that makes a person very uh, hard to connect. So he says, you go at night, even if you go back to the same location, the same place, there's something about the night time where the energy settles and the world settles in a certain way, which also makes it easier to talk to God. And you also need to do this in a singular place. You need to go out of town to a single path. Now I heard Rabbi Rosenfeld's outside'll say on a tape, Don't go where the Meshuggahs are, you know? Like, you go to one of these secluded places. One time, I was actually doing his to this in the Yair Yerushalayim in the middle of the night. And I'm, like, talking to Hashem. And I'm, like, Hashem, there's nothing but you. Ain't no govado. And all of a sudden, I hear dogs bark, like, woof, woof, woof. I'm, like, oh, God, I got to get out of here, you know? (laughs) I'm, like, oh, "Oh God, I got to go. You know, it shows you how, like, how weak we are, so be careful if you're going to go to some place totally by yourself. Uh, in a place where people aren't. Because in a place where people go during the day, they're chasing after this world. But even though now they're not going there, they also, their energy, their imprint, their spiritual imprint or consciousness is left there, and it becomes distracting. Al Kane Levado Therefore, you need to go by yourself at night, Sham Adam, in a place where there is no individuals. the and there go and be in isolation. Libo Mikol and turn your mind and heart away from all matters of this world el hakol, and be nullify everything, ad until a person comes truly uh, an MS. Sorry, I just hear someone talking, it's distracting me. Thank you, guys. Okay, Hainu. Hold on, let me see if I can do something here. Okay, that's better. Hainu, bitfilas In the beginning you should go and increase your fils and spite this at night, but by yourself. Achu yisk levatals until you merit to me whatever thing that you're working on. The hainu levatel midavataivosos that you're able to be a certain trait or desire. And afterwards increase more. Until you nullify and fix another desire. And you should accustom yourself to do this a long time in spite of this. In the time and in the place like we said. Until you're everything. And after you do that, there's still going to be a little bit of remnant in you left. So, then go after that. Everything and everything, and you try, there's still going to be a little bit of left. Until nothing exists of you at all. Rev. Nassim, uh parenthetically adds, he says, what's that little bit that's always going to be left? He says, it's gaiva. This arrogance, haughtiness, thinking that you know better. Right? Incredible. Parish. Yeah. But I want to get through the piece. I don't want to keep people so much longer. How about Dan? Save it for the end and then people will be able to exit if they want to, yeah? Okay. Parish. It could be after you move out of everything, you still have a little bit that remains. Oh, hageos ve'gassos that you didn't get rid of all your haughtiness. Because you still consider yourself something. Therefore, you need to increase your respectiveness. You need to make yourself like what? Be'emes. In truth. Actually, is you come ba m s Be'emes. Until you come to true Be'emes. Like they say in Maisa, the Satmarov, that a uh, one time he was, there was a guy next to him going on, clapping, going, Oh, I'm a What? <laughs> so he said, <laughs> if you listen to Maisa, you'll hear. There was a guy next, there was a guy next to him who is saying, Avisi, Chassasi, Pashasi, Samushkot, Shamiris And the Satmarov's overhearing him. He goes, you? You're talking right. Of course you are. And the guy goes, me? <laughs> Meaning, after your Mavato, everything, you're still thinking yourself as something. You know? Me? What? What? You know? You're still thinking yourself as something. Therefore, when you truly nullify yourself as, you become rooted in God, who's necessary. Therefore the whole world gets uplifted and elevated and absorbed into its root, which is God Godhi, which is necessary. because everything is totally in that. Now can I read for one more minute just to finish the piece or? Or am I losing people? Okay. <laughs> the ata tira play close. Okay. And now, and now, look at these amazing things. Eich kol muvor ata ba mishnah kenal how everything was hinted in the mishnah. Be'er Hative, explain this well. The and this is what it means. Hanayor belila, a person stays up at night. Kipshto, like it's saying. A person stays up at night, and does his this, and articulates himself between himself and the Creator. And a person goes on the isolated path. Like we're saying. He specifically goes out on an isolated path. in a place where people don't walk cause this is the main faculty of hispoidas balaila Daika at night and by yourself specifically canal as aforementioned cause then specifically you could come to the aspect of bitto canal vizehu and this is what it says next in the Mishnah Umefana libo you have to turn your heart to Livatala. libo Turn your heart away from all matters of this world. Levatala, to nullify it. Kidei lisko lebechinos bittol Canal That we should merit to this bittol. Ba'az, zoiche, and therefore you'll merit, sheyuchlau nafshu b'muchuyif And your soul will be absorbed into the necessary creation. Ba'azay nichlau kola oma v'zehu. And then your soul will be rooted back in God, v'zehu ha-rezeh m'schayiv b'nafshoh and this is that your soul will be m'schayiv. sh'nich lau kol haolam b'chinas m'chuyiv m'tsiyas im'nafshoh that the entire world will now become m'chuyiv m'tsiyas it will become necessary existence. ki aidei hespoididiz kenal zacheh l'b'chinas beto through personal prayer you were merited to self-nullification to only do the will of God. Until your soul became absorbed into the So, just to explain, so what's the push of Shad of the Mishnah? The Shad of the Mishnah, we said, is a person it walks around that night like a shugana and they walk by themselves they put themselves in danger and the povatol everything in their heart haraza makhayf nafsho they're guilty and comes and explains, no, no, no. Haneur Belayla. A person stays up at night and they do a this and they talk to God. Umahalach And they go to an isolated place where people aren't found. Libo And they turn their heart to Bito. Hareze Nasho. Now they incorporate their soul to now become a chuy of that it should raise up and incorporate and give validation to the entire creation. Isn't that amazing? Is that amazing? Right? So, by, through doing. Beautiful. So, through doing personal prayer, how much, as we learned, as we started with, that the Rebbe said, how much would he strengthen himself in personal prayer? How much would he try to be Mavato? All his Midos, all the Midos, are else we're not going to leave the last little few sentences over there, even though we can. I see Ellie's looking at it. And. And uh, how much do we need to take this advice seriously? How this is serious. It's not just, it's not just child's play. you know. And, and on one hand, it's the simplest thing on earth. You don't need to be smart. You don't need to be a chacham. You don't need to know much. You don't need to be learning. You don't need to have a frock. You don't need anything at all. You just need your mouth. And you just need to speak. But yet, we'll find how much, even Rebbe said, the Rebbe Nachman said, how much that he was... Mavato himself, and how much it was difficult for him, even to the fact that he felt Hashem wasn't listening to him. How much more so us? And now for the parsha connection, you have to Now for the parsha connection, va'yikra. What better, what better thing than va'yikra, calling out, right? Va'yikra el Moshe, Hashem calls out to Moshe. Va'yadaber lof ma'oho moed lemor. To speak with him from the Ohol okay. Rashi, va'yikra el Moshe lechol dibros velechol amirus lechot zivon kadma kriya, lashon chiba. Right, all the speaking and all the mirrors is a lashon of command. It's kriya. It's like speaking. Rashi says lashon chiba. Right, this va'yikra, it's it's a it's a lashon of desire. It's a love, beloved. Lashon shamal chay hasharish hamistamshinbo. This va'yikra, it's it's what the it's what the angels use. Right? So you see the Aval Niv right? It's what the angel used that. Hashem is calling out to us, saying, calling out to Moshe. And Allah Chiba, with love and desire saying, saying, I'm calling out to you, you call back to me. Moshe, I want you to dive into me. I love your Twilas. I'm going to call out to you from the Yolamoid. And you're going to el b'nei for Bar Martha. And you go ahead. You go ahead and you teach them. And what are you going to teach them about? What are you going to teach them about? The minchasani. Right? Whether you could bring a korban, a big fat korban, or whether the only thing left you have is the little bit of solace, a little bit of flour and water. You don't have much of a korban to bring. What do you have? You have the minchasani. Right? Echad marbe, echad mamaye, bilvanchi, kabo as long as you turn your heart to Shemay, and whether it's lot or whether it's a little, Rachmanu Liba B'bayi Hashem wants <laughs> your heart. And this is the Lashem Chiba, This he's calling out. That you want to give val- validation to the entire creation, right? You want to give validation to the entire creation. So you have to start calling. You have to start calling out to Hashem. You have to start speaking to God. And that's the Bayikra. That Hashem, the whole reason why He created the world was for us to speak to Him, like we're saying. Right up until Nishma Yisrael was formed, the world was Efsuri Mitzvus. Only God was Mechulif Mitzvus. But now that the world, now that Nishma Yisrael was refracted and hewn from God's amazing, awesome, supernal light, the world now became Mechulif Mitzvus. And this is what Hashem is saying: Vayikra El Moshe Hashem is calling out to Moshe. Hashem wants each and every single individual, and Hashem calls out. To every person. In this next Rashi, Vayikra El Moshe, HaKol Holech u'megi Megil The Kol Yisro Shomen. Right? That the voice went to Moshe and not everyone heard. If you hear the call for HaShem, to call, if you hear HaShem calling you, then you have to call back to HaShem. This is the famous lesson that the Baal Shem Tov says, that the Gemara says, Every day a Baschol comes out from Har Rave calling out, Shuvu and Shovevim. Right? My children... Do tshuva. The Baal Shem Tov asks, classic question. He says, I don't hear no basko. Where's the basko? There's no basko. So the Baal Shem Tov answers, no, no, no. If you had to hear her tshuva, you had a thought or a desire to come close to God that day, that that was you hearing the basko. That was you hearing the vayikra. That was you hearing God calling out to you. And God's calling out to each and every single one of us to open up our mouths and start speaking. And we need to heed that call. Especially as we, uh, as we're already, see Rabbi Nachman held. You should quarantine yourself every day. It's really, it's really no big deal. It's really no big deal. Okay, we're gonna open it up for, we're gonna open it up for for questions. We went a little longer this week given the circumstance. We normally end on time, but Dan had a question. People had questions. Whoever wants to go could go, but if you have any questions, go for it. Go for it. Okay. Okay, so I'm just repeating the question over here for the audio listeners and I'm recording this on audio. Is there any specific, does, he, does Rabbi Nachman give specific advice on how to do it? Correct, Binyamin? Okay. So, this is a very, very big topic, how to do it. Last week, we were learning that just to sit there and talk to God. So, on one hand, and and to go, and tonight we learned to go to a specific place or have a room in isolation at night and go there by yourself and talk to God. Uh, You know, if you have a backyard or if you have a room in your house, all those things help. And in different places, he does talk about what you could say. But part of the idea here is... Is that it's freelance, which means it's totally, it's totally freelance. You don't have to have a prescription, a way to do it. Which means it's supposed to be words from your heart. Tell God whatever you want. Now there is lots of that. Being said, there is lots of advice. There's lots of like I could call tips and tricks, espojedas hacks, right? But I don't want to take away from the simplicity of it because we're all looking for how to you know and this is about a personal relationship with god and there's no how to and your personal relationship with god is going to change from moment to moment so whatever you feel like telling god on your mind that's what you should do it means there's no wrong starting place you shouldn't feel that you're doing it wrong even last week we learned even if you sit there silently and you have nothing to say the very fact you prepared yourself to talk to god is considered okay is considered a good thing so I don't want to be very prescriptive over here you know I know some people like to be prescriptive do this 10 minutes do that 10 minutes and and that's good if it helps you you know if you want to make a list some people I know like making a list you know write down the things that they want to dive in about to focus their attention some people like doing 10 minutes thank you and 10 minutes asking for this and 10 minutes of this you know there there, there are there is advice around it but I'm reluctant to give advice, the only, because it should be personal, it should be something that you find yourself in. The only advice that, I mean, I could give advice on it, but one strong piece of advice that I would give very strongly is that, certainly any time you speak to God is a good thing, right? Any time. But, if you do it every day consistently, it becomes more of a discipline. Do you know what I'm saying? It becomes more of an experience than one time. Now, if you go to your backyard right now and you speak to God for a half hour, that's incredible, you know. But if you do it as if you take it on as a discipline, you do five, like lifting weights. You don't lift hundred pounds all at once, you know. And for a lot of people, it's awkward. And I was thinking actually about last week what Tani said, which she said a major point uh, that people it's hard for people to feel vulnerable at the same time, you know, because here you're you're, you're exposing yourself. No phone, no Safer, no Gomorrah, no Dafyomi, nothing, you know, so you're exposing yourself and you're feeling very vulnerable in that way, but I think, I think that's, that's part of it, you know, like, that's part of the experience of making yourself vulnerable in front of God and telling God what's really going on, and even if you have nothing to say, you know, a friend of mine told me, I'll mention his name, Yoli Klein, lives in Eretz Yisrael, great person. Yehli used to say, sometimes I just tell God of the Torah. I thought of the Torah. I tell God of Dvar Torah, Or say, hi God. It's uh, Me personally, I'll say, hello, it's me, Shia again. I hope you remember about me. Uh, I'm still here. I'm trying, <laughs> you know. I don't have much to say today, but I'm trying my hardest. Please open me up. Give me words to say. And uh, I thought of a nice idea. Or I don't feel like I'm speaking to anyone or anything. Or... I, autos, or I automatically feel like I have to do so many things that are... I'll literally say these things. Any th- I'll automatically feel that I have to do so many important things right now and help me see that none of these are important and just give me the ability to sit here for five minutes, you know. It's, and then I'll speak out just what I'm thinking, you know. Like, uh, like, Hashem, isn't that amazing how when I sit down to speak to you for five minutes, I find myself with either no time to do it or I find myself really antsy or really... Uh, feeling the need to walk around, you know, or, Hashem, please, isn't that ridiculous? I do believe everything happens from you, but for some reason, I find it very hard to talk to you because my patience runs out. And I know even after my time is up, I'm going to look at my cell phone for 10 minutes, which is longer than I've been speaking to you today, but at least let the time pass and let me have something to say. And that just shows you how far I am. But please, Hashem, draw me close to you. Help me see that you really are important, and help me see that I do have the ability to sit and talk to you, because I do want a real relationship with you, despite the fact after I stop talking to you, I'm going to be looking at YouTube videos for quite some time, right? So, I'm a little bit embarrassed to open myself up, but really, that's what I say, you know, because that's what it is. It's freelancing. Sometimes it could be a random stream of consciousness. Sometimes it could just be what's on your mind at that very moment, which means there's no wrong way and you shouldn't think that you're doing it wrong you know if you want to take the first few minutes to relax and unwind that's good it's always good to relax and unwind it doesn't have to be like oh, so forceful and pushing you know it doesn't have to be that way you know it can be very relaxed and as you get thoughts you could just sit, share them with Hashem and it's between you yourself and the Creator you know you could talk to yourself and you're not a man that, that's exactly what the Rebbe is saying right a person who normally goes out and talks to themselves, Hane or Balaila, they're insane, right? But the Rebbe's saying, no, speak to yourself. Especially if you're sitting in your car, no one will know the difference. Everyone's on speakerphone, everyone looks like they're talking to themselves through Bluetooth anyways. No one would even be the wiser. You could sit in your car in your driveway and talk. I'm saying there's no, you could put in a, you put, you put your earbuds in the supermarket, there's no wrong way. It's definitely, it's definitely better to be, as the Rebbe said, to be in a place of isolation where no one is, even when people don't, you know. But, but you you couldn't imagine, Binyamin. You couldn't imagine how hard it is to find the place of seclusion. It is so difficult. It is. Where are you going to go to the beach? People are on the beach. every place. That's true, but it's freezing. You know, sometimes I go to the Lawrence Golf Club, like in the middle of the night, you could start roaming around the field. But then sometimes I feel unsafe, so I like, leave, you know. It, it, it's so hard to find a place of seclusion. Believe it or not, the logistics of it is a huge barrier I find for people and myself. But I just want to give words of encouragement. Like, you don't have to be in a field by yourself at night in the middle of nowhere. You know, like, yeah. Yeah. See, they had confession. They had confession, <laughs> hey, uh For those of you on the audio recording, uh, someone said that uh, in the shuls, in Brest of Shuls, in pre-World War, they used to have booths there in the beginning in every, in every shul that people would go in and just talk to Hashem. Uh, any more questions, Anyone? Okay, everybody, we'll see you next week. Stay safe, stay strong, try it out, give it a chance. Good job, everyone.